Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Mike Skripnik, top-selling author, international speaker, and transformational business coach. His most recent and fifth book, available on Amazon.com, Entrepreneur Secrets to a Grow, Get, Give Life, is the guide for mid-career business owners seeking a business, a great life, and even bigger impact. Mike is an expert in advising entrepreneurs in their personal and professional journey to realize their best life. Mike has conducted hundreds of keynotes, presentations, and workshops to inspire and train thousands of owners, C-suite executives, professional advisors, and charitable organizations in Canada and the United States. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Uh, thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, it's a glorious day. And we are truly honored to have you, Mike. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from? <laughs> you, got, you actually really nailed it. Uh, I, I am an author. I am a business coach. Um, I'm a father of two wonderful late teen children and uh, have a lovely wife and uh, live in uh, Cal uh, Squamish, British Columbia, Canada, which is nestled right in between beautiful Vancouver, BC and an incredible resort called Whistler in BC owned by Vale. And so it, we love it. We live in adventure um, kind of playground and we live our grow, get, give life by being um, business minded, uh, personal and prosperity, wealth-minded, as well as freedom-minded and uh, impact-minded additionally. So we just live that life, grow, get, give life all day long. I love it. Now, Mike, you were a financial advisor for 22 years before you shifted to coaching entrepreneurs. What was the turning point for you that steered you in that direction? Oh, you know, I for 22 years, I did uh, work in the financial service industry. In fact, I ran a fairly successful business by the time I sold it uh, a number of years ago. But back in 2008, when I was driving back and forth to work in the financial crisis, not unlike a time that we're experiencing now, uh, financial crisis was upon us. I really was just stressed thinking, um, this is not the life I wanted to lead. 13 years in, I was just not, I was successful, but not enjoying my life. I wasn't living a passion every day. Here I was on the weekends and evenings, you know, compassionate father, family man, uh, coach, volunteer in the community. And during the day I was, you know, Wall Street, Gordon Gecko. And so it just didn't seem to jive with me. So I just decided that at, at that moment I would change. And part of it would be to shift what I was doing, which was working in the hoarding industry and move it to giving. And that shift for me was to actually just write on a whiteboard in my office, how do I give a million dollars a year? Uh, every every year to charity and that kind of set the tone and a big goal of course because I didn't have a million dollars to give and I didn't know where I was going to begin uh, doing it but how did I how would I do that for others to make an impact in my life and it created this purposeful being every day that drove me in a direction to build a business to build a better life to enjoy my family more and to make an impact that I never thought possible that is absolutely amazing. I love it. Now, tell me more about your grow, get, give philosophy. And when did you realize it was something to share with people? Well, it was kind of at that moment where I thought, you know, it's, there's something I need to do to change my life. And then a number of years, six years later, you know, we were able to redirect $12.5 million charity. But along the way, I realized how busy, you know, I had to learn how to convince, persuade, and attract people I wanted to serve, right? And they didn't really trust me. They were high net worth donors, charities, and they were looking at the financial profession as the thing that, and the entity that caused 
you know, all my peers, we were the ones apparently who caused the financial crisis, right? So there was this belief or distrust. And they thought of me as the fox in the hen house. So I had to figure out ways to position myself to number one, attract them and to convince them that I was on their side to get on the other side of the table. And all these strategies of marketing and positioning and selling that I learned to grow my business started to really take hold. And eventually I became known as the person who served community, served charity in the financial services industry. But with success comes a lack of freedom. <laughs> That's the irony of successful businesses. And quickly I realized I just couldn't do that anymore. We wanted to spend more time together as a family, not less. And in order to do that, I had to learn how to get more freedom. And I quickly developed these freedom rules that ultimately allowed me to take my 10 times bigger business with this huge $12.5 million charitable impact and take three months away every year working and living with, I mean, living and playing with my family. So I applied all these different strategies and then somebody was sitting with me one day. I used to call this big growth, big impact. And I was sitting with somebody one day and he kind of whispered or he leaned in and he whispered, he said, you know, Mike, I really like your grow, get, give philosophy. And I said, wow, that's a philosophy. It was weird that he was whispering it like it was a big secret. <laughs> but, you know, at the, at the same time, it really hit me at that moment. That was about 2014, 2015, where I went, wow, that is, a, it might be a philosophy. If other people feel that way, maybe it's something I can really, you know, expand on. And that expansion between then and now was really how I created this grow, get, give philosophy, this grow, get, give coaching, and how to walk entrepreneurs through this ideal life where you can have a bigger business, you can have a more fulfilling life, and you can have an impact uh, that you never really dreamed of. That is awesome. Now for grow, you talk about building a mountain of credibility. Tell me more about this and in get, what are your freedom rules? Yeah, so a mountain credibility is really simple. I had to, like I said, I had to figure out how to, you know, become on the same, go on the same side of the table as the people I was hoping to serve. And, you know, part of it is I never didn't want to cold call anybody ever again. So I didn't know how to do that. And, and I sought out ways from good coaches and good gurus and people who've done it before me, how they managed to get on the same side as their client in a serving role. And one of the key ways is to build this mountain of credibility, build an undeniable amount of credible testimonials, credible activities, credible actions, incredible uh, positioning, such as being on radio, being on TV, writing books. And I think books put you at the peak or the pinnacle of your mountain of credibility, but positioning yourself in such a way that it's undeniable that you are the person they need to seek out for that expert advice. Right. So then it became attracting your ideal client, attracting the business versus always selling. Just took selling right off the table. So for me, building a mountain of credibility is one of the most important parts of marketing and selling you can do. On the get freedom side, like I said, I was, a, you know, became a victim of my own success. And there I was working 70 hours again every week going, how do I, how do I get away from this? And really more my freedom rules are about time blocking people and processes, right? Time blocking, which is just controlling your time, making sure that you have time for you, that you restrict time so that when you're in it, when you're working, when you're serving, you're actually as dedicated and focused as you could possibly be. There's no ad hoc calls, no ad hoc meetings. It's all planned out. And then the time away 
is spent really away. So time blocking was one big thing. People, people give you freedom. People give you scale. People give you all kinds of things. And bringing the right people into your business, into your life, help relieve you of the things you never should be doing or shouldn't stress. There's so, so many more smarter people in things that I don't know how to do. Um, you have to bring those people along and nurture them and train them and allow them that autonomy to take it away from you. And then lastly is, is processes. You know, if you don't know how your business is done, if you can't describe what you do as a process, you really don't know what you're doing. So getting a process also allows everybody else to get onto the same page and do the job or, or serve your customer in the right way. And you never have to worry about it. So I don't know about you, but as an entrepreneur, when I'm away, I used to be like this. When I was away from business, I used to always worry about my business, right? And worrying about my business means I didn't trust the people. And that, of course, reflects on me because it, it meant that either I didn't have the right people or I didn't train them properly, right? So I didn't, couldn't trust them. And then I decided, well, hire the right people, train them properly, and give them the right guidance. And all of a sudden, you stop worrying about it. You give yourself permission to let go. And that was so powerful. And process is what underlies all of that. I agree. Trust truly matters and we must always let go, let God. I love it. Now, finally, for your give, explain your big impact giving process. A lot of your work in the past has been in the area of philanthropy. Did you always give? Oh, interesting. I grew, I grew up in, um, I wouldn't say a rough community because it wasn't like the U.S. Um, urban communities where there may be guns. <laughs> in Canada, there's no guns. Um, so, but I grew up, um, I had drug dealers, thieves, bike gangs, like that was my neighborhood. Like my, um, my peer group who I played ho street hockey with or football in the front yard in the street, um, they, they weren't the same people who I grew up with in university. They weren't in my business community. And part of uh, my sentiment was that I really need to help others who couldn't help themselves. I had that firsthand view and I was able, because I had a great loving family, rise above it in this sense. Uh, but it never leaves you, right? And so I always felt I had to do more. I had this inside intrinsic drive to give back in ways that I could whenever possible. And that just kind of flourished throughout my life, but it wasn't really ever my core day-to-day -day until uh, that moment, right? That moment in 2008. And once it became that thing, I realized the thing I knew was money and finance, and I knew wealthy people. And I knew the, the tools to help those people realize their philanthropic goals. So early on, say for a 10-year period, it was all about giving money. How do, how do you structure people's financial goals to match their, their purposeful goals, their impact goals? And how do you make financial gifts? So philanthropy very much for a large portion of that time was about how do we give money? And, you know, ultimately it was tax planning and estate planning and all kinds of other things along with it. But over the last five or six years, what I've really also realized, and, and we all know this, I, and, you know, it, we take it when we do emergency first aid, <laughs> right? If you've taken a first aid course ever in your life, the number one yes, rule is make sure you're safe and you're capable of helping others, right? You can't run into the fire if you're in danger of dying. And so what I've really started to focus on is as I expanded the give back, I really started to look at us, us as human beings, how our wellness, our physical and mental wellness, and how that relates to our family, how it extends to our community. And without the community, our good lives and our good businesses aren't possible. 
And then what are the causes that really have triggered, you know, trigger, you know, emotion in us and that we're connected to? Can we reach out to the world at large? So for me, it began to, you know, instead of being this philanthropic give back financially, it actually came back into the center, which is us as human beings. How do we relate to our own selves? How do we relate physically and mentally? And how do we move that into our family community and then the causes that matter most? But I really believe you can do it all at once. I agree. And giving truly matters. Now, how are you able to guide over 12.5 million to charity? Uh, just, I, you know, the, the truth is I learned two key things. One is in that grow part was how to speak in a way that my customer or my ideal client or people who needed you know, my help, who I could serve, um, I learned how to speak their language. I, I really understood what they needed. I really understood how to get a hold of what their passions were and connect that with their purposeful being and then move it from that um, general kind of conceptual level to tactics. So we could create a strategy to connect that with the things I knew, the financial tools and instruments and tactics I knew after at that time, maybe 14, 15 years in the industry, um, I could really help by revealing things that would work for those families. And once we connected those two things, people who would normally maybe give an annual gift of 5,000 or $1,000 as a family and think that's quite a lot and that's quite generous, um, all of a sudden we're looking at legacy gifts of $500,000 or $100,000. And when we could make that hundred times improvement to what their legacy could be, uh, they were blown away. And that was where the real power and leverage came is I understood the tools, right? That is amazing, Mike. Now, what is your next big goal? <laughs> My next big goal, pretty simple. Um, one of the one of the core things is that for that decade, that last decade of my financial services career, while we were achieving this wonderful impact, I was serving people who, um, the baby boomer, the baby boomer generation. And so I'm a Gen Xer, I'm turn, I turned 50 this year. I was serving people, say 55, 75 back then. And that window of uh, people are people who generally had done well. They had been entrepreneurs, business owners, executives, um, and they were planning their wealth, planning for that transition out of work from the creation to the preservation phase and then planning on how to give it down the road and you know, plan their tax and state. And what I always heard was these people would say, if only I knew that 20 years ago. Like they'd always say that when I brought up ideas and concepts that they thought were very useful for them. And then in the same conversation, I'd always get lots of information about what they wish they would have done better in their business. Most people don't live with a lot of regrets, but they do have hindsight. And hindsight just comes from you know, experience, which is ultimately wisdom. And the wisdom they shared with me was, if I knew 20 years ago what I know now about life, I would have done X, Y, Z. And so I, I thought, wow, this is a great way to combine the wisdom of business that I learned and gained over 20 years of being deeply involved with it and working with people in that way. And the uh, reality of, um, you know, taking that information and giving it to people who are 20 years younger. So I changed my focus and I said, well, if you're creating wealth, you don't have to wait to give. You don't have to wait for your impact and you don't have to learn the hard way. And so by combining all that, I help people remove those barriers. You know, I, I call it collapsing time as well. 
and then make an impact that they never thought possible as they go. Quite frankly, some of the tools you can use that are financial instruments are way more effective and way more accessible in your 35 to 50 range instead of when you're 60. So those things are all very powerful, but most people feel immortal. Um, they're too busy worrying about family, the soccer game, you know, kids football, baseball, all that stuff, music, you know. Um, but what they really are neglecting is how to connect that value all along and live fearlessly knowing that if you share your values publicly, um, then others won't be pushed away. They may actually be attracted and you'll work with people that you always wish to work with. That is a very powerful message. Now, Mike, what motivates you to do what you do? Uh, you know, there's so many. I think the number one thing is I'm always learning. And so one of my motivations is that I, and now I have that I'm 50. I finally realized that maybe I have some wisdom because I've had a life of experience and some of that might be helpful for others, right? But with wisdom also comes the acknowledgement you know nothing. <laughs> and I feel like I know very little. I have so much more to know or to learn and only a half a life to learn it. And so for me, I feel very much constrained by that time and not overwhelmed, but excited about the opportunity to learn more and in doing so to serve more. And so have a larger impact, a broader impact, you know, I never feel like I'm working with enough people making the impact in their lives that I always wanted to. So, you know, my capacity is enormous and I, I would just take on all comers. I'll work and coach with anybody who really truly is like me in that mid-career setting where you know there's more, but you're just not sure where to go next, you know? And so when I get that opportunity, I, I just, I need to do more of it. I mean, it's simple. The more lives I affect in that way, the more they can affect in their way. And you know, it just, the ripple effect is a massive thing. Amazing. Now, Mike, when are you most fully yourself? Oh, I, often it's when I'm with family. Um, I'm most, most, part of it is when I'm performing. I'm one of those people who um, never practiced well, but at the top of my game, when it matters most, I'm there. And so I really love that moment of high performance. Uh, so for me in my personal physical pursuits, in my business pursuits and then in family um, when I'm feeling connected to myself and connected to the world and connected to my family, other people, um, I, I feel like I'm really in my zone, if you will. I agree. Quality so this has been hard. This whole pandemic has been a very difficult thing. Um, Zoom is a different connection. We're trying as hard as we can to make it personal, you know, and high touch but um, there's nothing that beats the power of being in the room and sharing space with others. I love it. Now, what is one word that best sums up you and your vision? Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm gonna say impact, just impact. And why is that? <laughs> Every, you know, everything I do, all the time I turn, every time I turn around, my goal is to help others find their impact. Um, for me to effectively make that impact because I feel that this is the one shot I've got going around and I'm going to, you know, have the biggest, make the biggest dent in the universe as possible. But if I can impact another person's life and that moment we share changes things for the better for them and the, the effect 20 years or 10 years down the road. You know, I used to, when I coached, I coached girls soccer and my daughter from age five, until the girls from age 15 and the core of the girls were all together. And, you know, I know there were ups and downs. We had amazing times, amazing, you know, challenges, 
you know, girls are different between five and 12 than they are between 12 and 15. Like a lot of things change, right? But all I can say is I hope that some of the lessons, good and bad, the things that sometimes they probably said, oh, Coach Mike is like on me again about this thing or, you know, or uplifted me, that maybe today and somewhere down the road that those little impacts have a huge impact in the way they govern, they live their lives and they treat their families and their communities. So, um, you know, just a little impact might go an enormous amount of way. Amazing. And Mike, what do you spend most of your time doing? Ser serving, serving others. Uh, you know, I spend a good portion of my day. I mean, this last period of time has been one of those moments where you've never worked harder for less income, um, but I've never served more in a capacity where I was able to help. Um, but in addition to that, I do a lot of outdoor activities. We're an adventure family. We moved in particular to this area from Calgary, Alberta, which is very cold eight months a year and has a spontaneous winter show up in June and September sometimes, um, where you can be active year round. So I enjoy mountain biking, um, downhill mountain biking, fairly extreme. I'm a snowboarder and we just like to be outdoors. So that enjoyment is that connectedness with that what I call flow and again it's that whole top performer mindset when you're in that moment where there is no other thing than the moment that you're in your body your breathing everything is about that performance um, it just it's just a magical moment and to like look at that and respect it when it occurs is truly amazing I love it now what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness there's combination of courage and confidence i think when you make a decision to stick to your values to stick to um, what is important to you and how you connect um, that with a purposeful existence on a daily basis whatever it is for you you know higher power personal commitment um, impact goal whatever it is uh, i think it's important to be courageous because it's scary because you're worried others won't um, think the way you do, won't um, agree with you. And that's true. They're not going to. People aren't going to agree with you and people aren't going to think. And in business, um, you're worried that you might alienate people that, you, that are helping you pay rent or pay your mortgage or you know, fund your kid's education. And so losing that business is scary. And as, a, as an entrepreneur in that world, um, the courage to say, I'm going to stay, remain convicted to what matters to me and to, to drive forward that way, walk that way, um, I think is a very key element of it. So um, letting go of the fear that um, people won't listen, people don't share those, because they don't, and there, there are gonna be people who do, and having the confidence that you'll find those people, and in fact, they'll find you as you continue and have this perseverance and continuity, and eventually the, the people will find you that um, will enhance your life, will lift you up, will support your family, or um, will support your business. And, and so, yeah, confidence you know, and courage are, are really key elements of that, of that moment. Very it's hard nice. to be different. And if you're different, you, know, you get to like, position yourself uniquely. But um, you know, part of why most people don't want to do that is because they don't want to disrupt uh, their pattern. They don't want to stand out. They don't want to be different because it relate, it, there's too much risk. And it comes back to trust, by the way. We that talked about that at the beginning, trust. You know, trust <laughs> is about us. It's not so much about 
the other people. We don't have to trust each other. We have to trust that we're no longer afraid that we're going to lose something, that we're not going to risk anything, and we're not wrong. And if we can get over those hurdles, then we, try, we can trust each other immediately. Um, but it's not really about us. That is correct. I love it. Now, what and who inspires you with awe? Oh, goodness. I, you know, I, I don't think any one person thing, other, you know, I, I just, where there are elements of striving for the best within you, um, whenever that rears its head, it, for me, I'm, I'm in awe. Um, you know, I watch perform, I, I watch top performers in sport, um, in business, in, you know, music and arts. And when I watch them, it becomes an awesome endeavor. Human spirit, you know, um, you know, Mr. Lewis had just passed. It was a big deal, right? Uh, he, I watch with awe because he's at the top of his game just before he passes on from this world. Um, his elegance and eloquence with how he conveyed a message of tolerance, passion, and striving to continue to drive forward for what matters. John Lewis, I mean, those things matter. And for me, I'm, I'm in awe of anyone who reaches the pinnacle of their game, if you will, when in the moments that matter most. So that's for me. I don't think any one person, one being matters, you know, hits me in that way as much as um, just the premise. You know, I watch my son, he's, a, you know, striving to be in World Cup next year, racing bikes. And, you know, when I see him and his, his peers reaching those pinnacle heights, um, finding it within yourself, that craftsmanship and just all those things, just that, that gets me in all the time. That strikes me all the time. I love it. Thank you, Mike. Now, how can people find and, or reach you? Well, I always laugh because it's one of the easiest things. If you can spell my name, you're going to find me online. So that's a good one. There's not a lot of script necks out there, um, but easy. Just email me if, if you want a conversation or want to find out more about me, info at mikescriptneck.com. That's right now on the screen as well. Look up growgetgive, growgetgive.com, growgetgivesecrets. You'll find my book on Amazon, my books on Amazon. Um, basically just get online. You'll find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, uh, you name it. Um, we're all there right now anyways. Um, and I'm there, uh, in a ubiquitous sense. <laughs> I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Mike on his website at www.growgetgive.com and www.mikescriptnick.com. And also check out his book on Amazon, Entrepreneur Secrets Grow Give Life. And Mike, thank you so much for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast. It's been an honor to have you today. Gigi, it's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome and have a blessed day, Mike. You as well.